Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is a Little Empire podcast. Visit us at LittleEmpirePodcast.com and on Twitter at LittleEmpirePod. This episode contains spoilers for the first half of Beauty and the Beast, the live-action remake. It contains no spoilers for the second half, though. Uh, We haven't seen it. We walked Uh, out at halftime. Why do we do that? Because we are... That's right, we are Walk Our Boys, and this week we got up, and on our hooves, our beastly hooves, left uh, <laughs> Beauty and the Beast, the brand new one, much like the old one. It's a lot like the old one, isn't it, Nick? Uh, I would say yes. Yep. I am not a, I'm not a Beauty and the Beast fanatic, you know, I'm not one of those crazies about uh, Beauty and oh, the Beast. Oh, yeah, the, the, and they were there, they were there at my screen, all dressed as beasts. Uh, but zippable beast costumes ready to no longer be beasts by the film's yeah, end. No fans of beauty, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, runs on t- Team Beast. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, I haven't seen the original one since, you know, I was more in the target age group for it. But uh, it, it sure piqued my nostalgia uh, watching this one as they, as they did all the bits again. But... <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I mean, not loved it. That's the wrong word. But I. What's the right? What's I, the right word? I didn't mind being there. <laughs> That's, what a review! <laughs> the cinema was, was warm. <laughs> I was sad to leave, um, partly because it was getting really good, and also because it was raining, and I didn't want to be outside. <laughs> I was tired, and I didn't want to walk back to where I was staying. Uh, that's why uh, I wanted what, to stay. What more could you ask? Um, yeah, um, so so we're recording from separate countries today for the first time ever. Uh, Nick no, is, you went to see it in a, in Australia. Yeah, and I and, saw it in New Zealand. And there are a few subtle differences between the movies. In I was going to ask: Is there a dif- do, do they have uh, any any extra bits in the Australian version? Well, it's it's called um, Be- Beauty and the Dingo <laughs> starters, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and all the they do accents on all the characters. Um, oh right. So in the, the New locals. Zealand one, the the beast is a stoat. Uh, oh right. Yeah, and the beauty is a native bird. <laughs> yeah, she's she's a kakapo <laughs> in dire need of protection. Oh wow, it's so interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. No, so I'm in Melbourne at the moment, uh, in, in an Airbnb, uh, just in a in a private room. Maybe there's other people listening in through the door. Me recording this podcast. Mm-hmm. I forgot I forgot to bring a pop filter for my microphone, so I have a sock. On my microphone, which Nick is looking at me on Skype, uh, talking and it to. Looks, it looks gross. It's a. It's it a looks Chicago- like an unwashed sock. <laughs> no, it's washed, but it's just it's been seen. You know, it's seen better days. So let's talk Beauty and the Beast. What was your favorite uh, Disney film when uh, you were a kid? Lion King for sure, or Jungle Book. Ooh, Any, Jungle a, a, Book. Animal, animal based, animal based ones. And I, I like Jungle Book, and I saw the new Jungle Book they made with fancy animals in it, mm-hmm. and uh, they taught me to love wolves a lot and be really nice to the wolves. And 
And then I think they used this exact same wolf. They used like the fire wolf exe from the Jungle Book <laughs> to be the evil wolves in this one. Mm. And I was like, not buying it. Not buying it for it, a second. The Jungle Book definitely um, it instilled in me a deep hatred and fear of tigers that uh, it took a long, a long time for that to go away. I, ca- I can't help but feel that Rudyard Kipling did uh, tigers a disservice by painting them to be such monsters. I mean... So what was your thoughts on Tigers before seeing Jungle Book? Oh, um, cool. 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 Uh, like my ideal thing to have my face painted as. Oh, yes. But then after Jungle Book, fuck him. Let's, <laughs> if we can, stick a burning branch into their tails at any opportunity. Yeah, well, and I'm still, I still believe that in my Disney, heart of hearts. Disney's all about, um, about messages and morals and things like that. So I'm glad, I'm glad that came through for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and 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 Beauty and the Beast is an interesting one because it has odd morals, doesn't it? Does it? What's odd about a, a beast keeping a woman <laughs> in a tower? <laughs> oh, nothing. <laughs> That's I mean, certainly I the way I've lived seen... my life. <laughs> well, I, I was reading a. I was reading uh, some review of it by what it was like, ain't it cool news or something? One of those kind of dorky and proud websites. And the guy on there was like, uh, it taught me when I was young that, uh, I'd, that no matter what I looked like, I could still be loved. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I don't know if that's the point of this. <laughs> <laughs> you still, uh, to- I never empathized with the beast. I was uh, sort of saw myself as more the candle. Okay. Because of your fiery hair. Um, no, Joseph. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I tried not no, to, I tried not to pitch that as a, as a bullying personality. Joke. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to. I don't know why, what I thought that was going to be. Um, okay, I, I, um, he, the comic relief in this film didn't. Did they do any jokes? <laughs> like the candle shows up and he's like, "Hello, I, I am a candle," and I'm like, "Yeah, I get the note. A candle could be funny if it talked, but." You've got to do yeah. more than just be a talking candle to get him, to get me laughing. <laughs> He's doing a French accent. That's pretty funny. It's you and you and McGregor doing a bad French accent. <laughs> God, imagine being an actual French guy that could act. <laughs> You'd be so dark that you and McGregor got that role. <laughs> yeah, or a candle. Yeah. Oh, I mean, let's let's not get into how many candles were robbed uh, of rolls. Oh, well, yeah. one one candle was robbed of a roll. There's only one yeah. fucking candle. But in the so film. many uh, feather dusters were. Um... Yeah, there were lots of feather dusters. I have some qualms about the way the uh, the inanimate objects were presented in this film. Okay, not, not inanimate enough for me. Shoot. Okay. Oh, how so? Okay. Well, the uh, candle, as he was originally conceived by Walt Walter Disney. In 1991, mm-hmm. 30 years after his death, the original <laughs> candle uh, had his face on the wax part of the candle, mm-hmm. and now he is on the his face is on the labra part of the candelabra. Right. Do you not that's see your qualm? <laughs> and, okay, and the candle. I gotta lab- say, he got a pretty good deal. He got the the he got to look the most like a human of all the other things. Well, this is this is my qualm because. Um, his candelabra shape is human-shaped. So the novelty of seeing a candle talk is not really there because I'm like, it's like seeing a human talk. Who, who just happens to have a big <laughs> candle on his head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and two in his hands. Yeah, and that's not interesting to me at all. I want to see, I want to see the mechanics of, of a talking candle and not 
Why didn't Why didn't they just get you and McGregor to stand there and have a candle on his head? Would have <laughs> had the exact same effect. <laughs> well, I guess it would be he would be too big. Oh yeah, and that is my problem with King Kong, as we all know. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but maybe that's the trend. If we're making King Kong the size of um, two buildings now, like uh, why don't we make have a big candle? Be a, oh, a yeah. friend, be Beauty, and Beauty and the Beast. Well, I guess I guess I, I guess I'm just saying it's not much of a curse in that case. If the curse is just that you have to have, wear, have a candle in your head and, <laughs> and hold two in your hands. Well, you think that's, that's not a like, curse, Nick? That well, would be that would be okay. <laughs> Imagine this, Nick. You're, imagine this. You're a servant, and you work uh, for a prince. And, but, like, you know, as, as far as servants go, pretty good job, right? You're working for a prince of the beautiful castle. And that prince uh, does a selfish deed, which means that for the rest of your life, you have to have – you're still you. Everything about you is the same, but you have to ha- – just like have a candle on your head, slowly dripping wax like, occasionally into your eyes. You can, um, you can wipe it off, but there's always a candle there. Okay, yeah, that is pretty bad. Yeah, so don't it's call better that though, not a curse. <laughs> but it's better than being like a hat stand. Yeah, who's what's the hat stand's personality? Hat stand. The, the hat stand. I, I get the feeling that the hat stand guy didn't. His personality didn't change much. Like he was already a guy who's quite happy to just stand by the door and hold well, hats. Yeah, I think that was his. He was a professional hat stand, and then he was like, "Oh well." Same, same, but different. <laughs> thought that was disappointing that he was too much like a human, and the uh, feather duster was too much like a swan. Which is yeah, a, that that which, threw me. Which is I a was, curse. Like, was she a swan originally? <laughs> a swan that turned into a feather duster that looks a bit like a swan. But then, but then you and Mc, then Lumiere is into this is like in a relationship with this swan. So was he? Was he? Bruh? Was he fucking a swan? Back in the well, day, in that case, he deserves to be to, a tiny little to, candle to be cursed a hundred percent. Does was the curse even about the beast being selfish, or were they like, or did, did the witch just clock in the corner of her eye, Lumiere making out with a swan? It was like, all right, okay, I'm cursing you as well. <laughs> this is, um, yeah, because there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, feather dusters in the in the be our, be our guest song. Mm. Uh, there are, I would say, more feather dusters than there are any sort of um, uh, crockery or utensil in the entire castle. So maybe the what it's implying is that everyone was fucking swans, and this is sort of a castle-wide problem. <laughs> so wait, so there was this whole castle with all these servants, and, and that's why they've because I've always I was worried in the original Beauty and the Beast, like why it was really unfair that say Mrs. Potts had to turn into a teapot as you know as well mm. like cuz she didn't do anything bad but maybe she did she was fucking a swan fucking a swan she had a half swan kid called chip yeah and 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 here's where the witch who did the curse is a bit insensitive because it's not the kid's fault that he's the bastard child of a woman and a swan no. but but she the witch sees him as ugly cuz she doesn't like you know interracial you know uh relationships yeah, but as we all know, ugly uh, swan babies can often grow into be uh, beautiful swans. Well, I don't know. Not if they're like h- awkwardly half teapot <laughs> woman. Half, half boy, half teapot, and half swan. Uh, is it weird that a teapot's son is a cup? <laughs> uh, undoubtedly. But I don't think she didn't have... She didn't give birth to... The kid, while she was a teapot, did she? This kid hasn't been a teapot his whole life. A cup. We didn't see him as a boy. 
in the first half. Oh, so she started a relationship after with, she became a teapot. Presumably with a, with a feather duster. Yeah. And well, gave birth to a cup. And so when this boy gets turned back into a human, will he even be a human? No, he'll just turn who he'll turn into a bit a bit swan. Oh my god, it's gonna be like the end of the fly. <laughs> it's it's gonna be horrific. Um, also, okay, okay, okay. The the enchantress, this woman, what a bitch. Like she <laughs> she comes in to this fancy castle. She's cold and tired, yes. They're having a, a party and she sort of she bursts in through the window. Like doesn't even it's a big castle. I'm sure someone could greet you at down the like down at the front door, but she what, bursts what? in through was it a window? I, I remember. I recall a door. Look, I was late. I sort of, I was <laughs> taking my seat. And uh, she comes in and she's like, can I stay? And he's like, no, fuck off. Because um, you're you a know, prince. Yeah, he's a prince. But it shouldn't be up to him. That's what I'm saying. The day-to-day upkeep of this castle is not up to him. It's the, You don't ask. The, the prince doesn't make these decisions. He he's doesn't a, know. A door person. Yeah. The the headstand. This, the headstand's <laughs> job. Um, yeah, no, I agree. And also, I, I think it's not rude to not let a stranger, ugly or otherwise, into your party. If I'm if I'm having a dinner party you, at my house, and a and a person, even if a even if a beautiful babe came along and said, mm-hmm. "May I come in?" I'd be like, "Do you know someone here? <laughs> Who? What's your backstory?" Yeah. She hadn't brought any beers or anything. <laughs> no, none. No, she brought a rose. One oh, rose. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's that's pretty nice. But then he might, he's probably thinking she picked that from the garden. Because <laughs> well, he does oh, have a lovely... She's in there stealing me roses. He, well, he does oh, have a lovely rose garden, doesn't he? Out the front. Yeah. Yeah. So his first thought is, who's this Who's this old cow who's coming is, here stealing this... roses from my rose garden and begging me for a little, a little uh, room and board in the middle of my big... Orgy that I'm having. No, and, if, and even if she had brought him a rose that she had brought from her own house, he's already got a big rose garden. He doesn't need more roses. Doesn't need more roses. Put some more thought into the gift. <laughs> That's all. This, all this beauty is only skin deep. No, he saw that she was ugly within because she was a bad gift giver. Mm. So right away, we're on on the beast side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as the whole audience are, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, then well, we've already talked about the castle and the people in there. Of course, th- there's two sides to every story, and the other side of this is uh, Beauty, or Belle, as her mm. name is in French and the, English. The two sides of every story are castle and village. Yes, and uh, we we go to see her village, and I assume all the audience is on the side of the villagers who uh, tell her off for being literate and for dreaming too much, and we in the audience are all going, agree. <laughs> She is pretty crazy the way that she improves their lives with like a, a machine that washes clothes and reads books. This she, uh, yeah. What what? How many books does she read? There's only well, like four. Only read the, you see that in the library. There's only like eight. So she's read eight books. I don't uh, know if that's that much to go bragging about. Yeah, I reckon you can't say that you love books if you've only read eight books. Well, I mean, she, she maybe she doesn't know that there's any more books. You know, if you if you watch, uh, you know, like I, I, you know, if you play a couple of games of Scrabble, are you a board game enthusiast? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. This, look, Maybe this, we're being unduly harsh on her. No, no, she is. She's got her head in the right place, and she, um, she's, and, and and they've done a few things. I noticed to improve on her character from the first one. They have made her. They changed the book she's currently reading from uh, Jack and the Beanstalk to uh, Romeo and Juliet. I noticed yeah. that. Um, they've stepped up her literacy level quite a bit. <laughs> because she, it, it does make a difference when you see her as like a 25-year-old woman. And as she was walking around going, I just yeah. read about Jack and the Beanstalk. We were like, I bet right. in the original story she's like six or something. Like, <laughs> the, the way those stories are always just like. <laughs> it's the youngest girl you've ever seen in your life. And the oldest beast. <laughs> and it's, it's always the way they do it on those old those old stories. Hey, yeah. we're like were all those old fairy tales just for like creepy old men to justify their perversions back in the day. They were Absolutely. Like, <laughs> they were all just covering their tracks. A hideous old man. <laughs> and a young, barely, barely legal woman. Certainly not legal by any future standards, uh, but it was all okay because a witch told us to do it. So, <laughs> yeah. So she's she's they've, they've made some good steps to make a, a full. Uh, well, even Romeo and Juliet. When did you read that? When did you first like know that story? Twelve. Um. Yeah, I definitely didn't read the play at twelve. Sixteen at school. Yeah. yeah. So she's yeah, sixteen. That about right. She's sixteen, and the beast is what. 38? <laughs> it definitely did strike me that he was real old. <laughs> well, and, and not, not just his, like, withered skin, but his anger. Like, no one has anger issues like that at in their early 20s, right? Well, maybe they do. I think they do, but, uh, yeah, it was just definitely his, like, old face. Um, I, I want to talk about... He, um, he had the grumpiness of an old man as well. This, yeah. And the grumpiness of a beast. It's a it's a it's a dangerous cocktail. Oh oh, one thing I would the I I love how everyone in the movie in this world is so au fait with the term beast. Yes, you know they're, they're all like it. They're like someone took Belle. Who a beast? Uh, Not a beast. Like people. Uh, no. Then like, um, Gaston says, "There's no such thing as a beast." <laughs> it's like, well. It's not actually a technical term. Uh, a beast just means big creature. So in many ways, a tiger is a beast. Yeah, and, there's lots uh, of beasts. People say beasts of the field and stuff. Uh, but everyone's just very on board. With like, I, but I just think it's funny that independently, everyone calls him a beast. Yeah, they're no, like... No one else is like... He's, a, he's, a, he's a beast. They're, all... they're like, yeah, he's a beast, obviously. Uh, seven foot, big horns, uh, <laughs> hair on his face. Yeah, I'm picturing a beast. Um. But bravo to Disney for uh, including a gay character so that they can um, just only make fun of him. <laughs> yeah, and there's like, it's a punchline so many times, the very idea that he might like a boy. It's his only character trait is that yeah, he is he's... hilariously gay. <laughs> and and yeah, he's like five lines, all of which are like, I'm a bit gay. <laughs> And then, and I feel bad, like, because Luke Evans, who's playing Gaston against Josh Gad, is gay and was probably like, going, why am I, this real hot man, having to play <laughs> the straight guy? And, and, and my own, you know, my own kind of sexuality is represented by this oafish punchline that I have to act alongside. Watching uh, Gaston with, um, 
with uh, Emma Watson was um, he is so old compared to her. What's he? <laughs> He's 50? <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's a small village. Um, every day like the one before, you know? Uh, uh, here's, here's, I got just one more kind of final issue with this film. And that's uh, the kind of very sporadic French everyone seems to know. For mm-hmm. for a film set in France, now I don't mind. You know, it has to be done a lot. Schindler's List, etc. You change the language people speak in a film to make it more accessible for the audience. You try to do it for fine, but don't just chuck in the odd French word to remind us that they're not speaking. You know, they'll all be like bonjour and then speak English in an English accent, but they all speak mm. all their they speak their French words well. There was a bit where uh, uh, Le Fou said uh, je ne sais quoi to Gaston and Gaston said I don't know what that means and I I know that was a joke but I also wondered like you're French like obviously you know that what that means but because, maybe Le Fou said that in, in English <laughs> and so in Fran- so when they speak French that's them speaking English so maybe it makes sense in that like they're going hello hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so that opening for yeah the opening number in the film is like uh, petite uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's what's town. Uh, ville, 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 petite ville. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, hi, hello. <laughs> yeah, that's a great thought. I hope so. I haven't listened to the French version of la la belle et la bête. Why is her name Belle, which is beauty, and his name not Bit? <laughs> uh, do we ever find out what his name is? Isn't his name just Prince? Beast. Prince and then Beast. I don't know. It didn't. We didn't get to this part, but in the animated version, uh, she calls him Beast many times. Yeah, but like not the Beast. She's like, "Oh, Beast," and, then, and I'm like, "Don't rub it in." <laughs> he already knows he's a Beast. It's all he's reminded of. <laughs> I found the Beast uh, when the Beast started to be um, tried to be charming. So funny. Really, he's a Beast. He can't. He can't. He can't do it. But he's. He, Despite himself, he's very charming, but he's he's also so, he's a beast. She she gives him I don't know I feel the Stockholm syndrome is setting him pretty fast because she gives him mad props for his joke that he makes when he shows her his library, and he's like, uh, "This is my library," and she goes, "Have you really read all of these books?" And he says, "No, not all of them. Some of them are in Greek." <laughs> and then she goes, "You made a joke," and I thought, "Is that a joke?" Yeah, it didn't strike me as a joke. It's just no, he can't. It just strike me as one of those things where you say it, and then you, and then someone's like, "Oh, great joke!" And you're like, "Yes, a joke." <laughs> um, though, hey, here's a thought: the village that Belle comes from, while a quiet town, which she she complains about it the whole time, hates it. Mm. It's full of people that hate her. She has eight books to read. The only person worth uh, having there is her father. But her father's, you know, he's getting old. He's making his clocks. She's got to go out. And then she gets taken to this castle. It's a pretty good deal. I mean, obviously, she's getting kidnapped and stuff. But it's it, not like she has a bunch of friends back home. She, she, she gets her own library. I'm just saying. I think I think the Stockholm Syndrome is working on you, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a bad guy under there. I think the movie works much like Belle's relationship with the Beasts does. Like, um... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When it starts, to be honest, I was like, this this is a bad film. <laughs> this um, seems to be very much like, it seems like it's a BuzzFeed article that's like, you won't believe that these people painstakingly recreated every frame from the original Beauty and the Beast, and it only cost them $180 million. Um, but then as it sets on, you just start to be like, well, I'm here now. <laughs> I can't um, leave. But we did, Nick. We walk, we walk out boy, much like Belle could not walk out boy of her abusive relationship. Uh, we walked out. There were no wolves to attack us as we left. And at what point did you leave? Did we leave at the same time? I left just after he was slurping some soup. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because that happened about two minutes after my allocated leave time. But we had, you saw it before me. And you uh. had said, there's a funny bit where he slurps some soup. <laughs> and I was sitting there in my chair. I'm like, well, I'm not leaving till he slurps the soup. <laughs> so, so I just sat there. <laughs> two minutes over what I had calculated. <laughs> <laughs> just to just to see the slur- him slurping the soup and and yeah fine, uh, fine. yes <laughs> but anyway, well, I'm glad I did it Nick uh, it was you- just uh, that slurping soup bit was one of the you know how as when you watch a movie as a kid you have like little flashes of it that you just always remember yeah and, and- uh, that was the bit for me that I always remember was the beast was eating soup and he got it on his face and Bell was like mm. and then he looked <laughs> up and he had soup all over his face and then I just thought. They really brought that to life. <laughs> I think that's it was the uh, them talking about that scene at the pitch meeting that made them want to go ahead with this. They're like, guys, <laughs> maybe they were eating soup, and, <laughs> and one of them got soup on his face. They were like, oh, like Beauty and the Beast, and they go, you know what we should do again? <laughs> Someone get all the money. <laughs> all right, so we leave. We left right after the um, soup slurping. Uh, We'll talk about the second half, which um, from from the first half, it seems like the second half will accurately recreate the 1990s movie, but who's to say? <laughs> it could take a wildly new direction in the second half. Uh, before we uh, go on to our second half, though, we do have to catch up with an old friend. It's time for a live and Cromwell. Yes, Alive and Cromwell, the segment where we uh, look up what our dear friend James Cromwell is doing every single week. James Cromwell is, of course, not our dear friend. He is a very good actor who played Farmer Hoggett and Babe, and we once thought he was dead and thought he didn't have a name. Well, we are correcting that every single week. Nick, you, you, didn't, you didn't have anything this week on him? It's... Um, I, had, I had one thing. Okay. I found out one fact about James. Oh, Get yeah. this. Give it to me. He was given the role of the prison warden in The Longest Yard after negotiations with Gary Oldman fell through. <laughs> yeah. A <laughs> uh, little, little bit of James Cromwell uh, tidbit. Uh, yeah, he... Um, second choice behind Gary Oldman for The Longest Yard. The longest y- which The Longest Yard is that? Is that the original Burt Reynolds one or the one with uh, Adam Sandler and, yes. and Nelly? <laughs> it's the latter... <laughs> of course 
of... I wonder why the negotiations with Gary Oldman fell through. <laughs> Probably because they were like, <laughs> Wait, is, we're isn't, remaking it, The Longest Yard yeah. <laughs> with Adam Sandler and Nelly. <laughs> Yeah, who knows? We've got a great beep. <laughs> I think he hung up. Oh well, negotiations. Call James through. Cromwell. And then James is like, D- "Were you ever really in negotiations, or did you just <laughs> say the concept once and get hung up on? Does that count as negotiations?" Um, here's here's the. Um, I'm not sure how this is news, but it's on. Uh, it came up on my news feed, and it's from the Vryheid. Herald, which I believe is a, like, Zim, it's dot Z-A. What's that? South Africa or something. No idea. Anyway, anyway it's like an a- African website. And the headline of this news article is, Find a furry friend to fill your heart. <laughs> and then it says, Pets are humanizing. They remind us we have an obligation and responsibility to preserve and nurture and care for all life. And then it ends that, and it's, there's a quote, and that quote is attributed to James Cromwell. Oh, yeah, the night vet himself. And then the rest of the article is about how you can adopt a pet in Africa. Nice one, James. So I don't know if it's a new quote by James, but uh, James, mm-hmm. all I know is that thanks to this uh, African news website, we know that James has gone on the record to say that pets are good. Um, and is he alive? Well, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't check in on that. <laughs> uh, but well, there's been no news from the set of Jurassic Park 2 to suggest otherwise. All right, let's, uh, let's take a little break and we'll be back soon to talk about the second half of Beauty et le Bet. Um Walkout Boys is currently um between sponsors um if you would like to sponsor the podcast please get in touch with us we had a sponsor for a while um it was a little baby called maurice and i'm sorry to say that he he went on his own baby's day out last time on the podcast and he fell into a sewer and i haven't seen him god that little guy just brought so much joy into my life that I just don't think I'll ever get back. Ding dong. I'm sorry, there's someone at the door maybe. Ding dong. Someone to consult. Hello? Ah. Oh my god. Ah. You're back. (laughs) 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 Another baby. (laughs) (laughs) Maurice. (laughs) Brendan. Brendan. Two, two, spo- two sponsor. You, you, two sponsor. Two sponsors now. Two oh my god, cut the course, the more the merrier. Come in, come in, you little babies. Oh, don't ever scare me like that. Alright, walk out boys is sponsored by Maurice and Brendan. And Brendan! Yes, Brendan. Oh, you are a spirited little fellow. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> it's, it's Brendan from the sewer, Maurice. Ah, sewer baby. Okay. Alright. Sewer Baby Sponsor Podcast. Let, let's get you cleaned up. Uh, we're no, going to go take a bath. Cannot get, be clean. Time for a bath, Brendan. Sponsor. Welcome back. Welcome back to Walkout Boys. All right. Let's, let's crack into this. 
So when we last saw our beast. Feast. Our beast did feast upon some soup, but not the way you or I would eat soup. <laughs> uh, no, he, he, he dunked his whole head into that soup. And, and, and what happens next will shock you. Uh, yeah, what happens next will shock you. He goes back for seconds and does his face right back in there again. And, and, and he's down there, he's, he's slipping, and um, Belle is laughing. <laughs> She's laughing, laughing so much and absorbing. And, you know, um, when you become a beast, Nick. Yes. Um, you get kind of, not only do you, uh, not only do you take on the appearance of a beast, you take on some beastly traits. Mm-hmm. And um, a beast, he's a bit confused. He doesn't know when to stop a joke. And he just is a beastly trait because he, I don't know if you've ever, um, like, uh, you've had a funny joke with your dog, like where you know you you shake hands with it or something, or, or you pat it and then you stop patting it and it wants you to pat it more. It doesn't quite know, it never knows yeah. when the moment is over. No, that's exactly what's happened with the beast, and he keeps slurping the soup, and and she's like, ah, very funny beast, and then he's like, he he, but you know the beast also has anger issues, so he slurped all the soup. And then he yells at the candle. He's like, more soup. Bring in more soup for me to slurp. And they're like, uh, uh, monsieur, monsieur, uh, don't you think you should be uh, falling in love by midnight to help us turn back into uh, a human and swan? He's like, bring me more soup. I'm going to slurp more soup for this girl. And she's like, oh, I don't know if this is a good idea, beast. But, but you know, the, the beast is still the king of the castle. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the, the candle has to make a lot of soup so he can yeah. keep slurping it. So we cut to the, uh, the 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 castle kitchens, where Lumiere comes running. He's like, oh, uh, "Soup, soup! We need the the master. He requires uh, more soup." Ah, and I can help. We have this uh, very sort of um, sad soup song, which is like, um, it's all the pots and pans just making more and more soup, um, and they're all just sort of despairing that they're they're making soup for no reason. Like they're going to be trapped like this forever. Is every pot and every pan inanimate? And in this. Um, no, because there are some things that aren't inanimate in there. But, yeah, that's. But there's also a lot of things that are. Well, someone brought this up to me the other day, and yes, of course, some things aren't inanimate mm. because they're people. But some things are inanimate because the house, the castle, already had stuff in it. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. But did it? Did it have so many people in it that there is enough for every pot and every pan to be singing the soup song? Uh, did a hundred people get turned into things? Well, at least a hundred swans got turned into feather dusters. <laughs> oh yes, we all know that. And so a hundred swans for a hundred servants. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> so these bloody swan kissing servants. Yeah. Yeah. True. Okay. And to yeah. be honest, to make to make a large amount of soup, what do you need? Chopping board, yeah. pot, uh, ladle. Yeah, and and the ladle is uh, is is a fun character. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> ladle. Ladle is a great character. He is a classic. He's Spanish. Yeah, yeah, like oh, time time for me to. Uh, <laughs> it's I, I can't do his voice. I can't do it justice. You know, but uh, the ladle he really um he lights up. He lights up the sad soup song. He's the kind of comic it, relief in the otherwise. Just very miserable soup song. The soup song is one of those uh, songs that they've added in that weren't in the original. No, but they want to win the best original song Oscar, so they need some new ones. Yeah, and that's yeah. and that's why "Too Much Soup," as the song is called, is uh, is in there. And, yeah, um, and the song goes a little something like this: It's like <laughs> a soup, 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 soup. Gotta make the soup, a soup, a soup, soup, soup. 
soup. Oh, soup, 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 soup. That's good. Soup, 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 soup. And it sort of really captures the monotony of making soup. Soup. I admire like that they want to win the original song, Oscar, and they're doing this. But to be honest, it's not great. It's not great. Soup, 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 soup. Beauty and the Beast. Soup, soup, Wait, wait, wait. Wait, Nick. Did they just... Soup, soup, soup. Disney's Mulan. Soup, soup, soup. No, Nick. No, Nick. The Jungle Book. Soup. Soup, They've made the biggest mistake with this with this song because they're saying movies that aren't even. At first, I was like, "Do they just say the title, Beauty and the Beast, or or did they uh, mention the characters, which would be perfectly normal?" But uh, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Disney's Mulan. <laughs> because what they're doing is uh, they're sort of this is like the Easter eggs at the end of um, you know, Marvel movies. <clears throat> oh, um, it's Hidden Mickey's. Do you know about Hidden Mickey's? No. Um, and a lot of a. L- all through every Disney movie, there's like a lot of Mickey Mouse head shapes hidden in the architecture and buildings oh. and things like that. Um, it, and they've kind of gone for a less subtle version <laughs> of those. Soup, soup, soup. Ah, oh, soup, soup, soup. Uh, this song is uh, 16 minutes long. <laughs> wow. It's like, frankly, it sounds like an awful part of the film. <laughs> it's a real road bump in what has been quite an enjoyable experience. Um, that's why you say they say, like you shouldn't t- tamper with the classics. But I no. the, the original Beauty and the Beast was pretty short, so they had to pad it out. Well, well, I, I was intrigued by this because um, I, I I had another look at the um, original last night when I got home from seeing the film, and um, the original's an hour twenty minutes or so, and the yep. um, the new one Snappy. is the new one is two hours twenty. So they add, they did add in a whole hour to the film. Mm. And the point which we left is very much near the end of the actual movie itself, of the original movie. So that explains <laughs> so much. It's the 16-minute soup song. Yeah, there's 16 minutes of making the soup and then another five of serving. Okay, why have to they serve it? What's the uh, They're like, just like, uh, <laughs> they're like, make way for soup. Here comes the soup from the kitchen to the dining room. Soup for the master so he can make the girl laugh. Oh, soup, 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 soup. Oh, that we like are from of- France. We are ladles, ladles, and tables and chairs. And we love to pour soup so the master can stick his face in the soup and be funny. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds so that part sounds better than, than the 16-minute cooking song. Yeah, Ed Sheeran helps with that part. What? And, and he comes out himself um, playing... He has a, a little like, cameo. Yeah, as a spatula. Just to kind of... <laughs> um, wow, that's that's so cool. Yeah, and, that's and, cool. And, and that song is number one on the Billboard charts right now. Ed Sheeran's Soup for, for the Master. From the kitchen to uh, the... <laughs> so, <laughs> then the uh, the beaster, he, he makes some more slip jokes. And at this point, Belle's like, I've had enough of this. Yeah. So I thought I was coming around to you. And and uh, in in adding the two soup songs, they cut out something there, which is the song where she um, declares her love for him in, in a monologue. That's cut out now. That's gone. What they song used is up, that? It's like, there's something sweet and oh, almost yeah. kind. He was mean. Well, they don't have that because... They cut they, that out. They also cut out... Um, the ballroom dancing scene. Yeah, yeah, well, they cut out a lot of it because the movie's nearly finished and she's... 
<laughs> they made way, just made way, make way for the soup. Uses all that running time. Yeah, the ballroom dancing's gone. Um, <laughs> and uh, also gone is Gaston um, attacking the castle. <laughs> <laughs> That's out. <laughs> There's a lot of you can hear a lot of uh, whispering from like the the ads and stuff. Just being like, we're out of time. We're out, out of time. time. <laughs> We've got. It's been so long on the soup song. This up. <laughs> so, so, so there's really no, uh, there's no big uh, conflict that the beast needs to overcome. Like, well, no, well, external... no, because she is, she has decided resoundingly that she doesn't want to be with this man who not only held her captive but will not let go of the slipping soup joke. So she's. <laughs> but you know what? There is one character in this film who loves to repeat the same joke over and over again. And who's that, it's... Nick? LeFou. <laughs> so, so LeFou, what, what ends up happening at the end is LeFou turns up to the castle, but he opens the door and he's like, Belle, I'm looking for Belle so I can help uh, Gaston get laid and then maybe I'll have sex with him. And uh, he they, opens- they really gave up on the, uh, on the subtlety <laughs> of the innuendo. And then the he, op- he opens the door and Belle just legs it out the door. And he's sort of he's like, oh, what's that? And then he and then um, the beast comes out like, like, oh no, come back! I haven't shown you my new joke. And then he slips some more soup. He's like, oh, soup on my face. And and Belle's like, I, it's the same joke. You're just doing the same joke. And then uh, uh, LeFou's like, well, that's very funny to me, and it's never going to get not funny. And then um, and then LeFou goes, by the way, I'm gay. <laughs> and then Beast laughs because. To to the to a beast, homophobia is a funny joke. Yeah, um, and there's also, a whole new song. You're gay. I'm a beast. Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> and but ironically, in in the beast's laughter at LeFou for being gay, mm. he finds himself falling for LeFou mm. because he's so funny. And the beast himself turns turns gay. Yeah, he, he turns into a beautiful gay. The, the lift spell lifts the curse is lifted. He turns into a bear. <laughs> <laughs> Bing. <laughs> uh, and the the last rose, uh, the rose. What happens when the rose at the end? Does the rose disappear or does it become more of a rose? Oh, I don't, I don't remember, Nick. <laughs> but uh, I know what happens in this one. Uh, they make a big old pot of rose soup <laughs> with oh, all the petals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and in, in the elegant final scene, which would have the Belle kissing the beast, it's mm. um, LeFou, the beast, and all the pots making, making a big old pot of rose soup uh, to the tune of the oh the same old soup song they really they really bring that one soup, back for, soup, for soup, a surprise soup 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 hello hello soup 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 <laughs> god yeah uh, so uh, and then they do the french version of the the movie at the end right yeah 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 but and then and then the the curse is broken and all the uh, servants turn back into people and, and all the, swans and swans and and they all uh, live happily ever after because it, no one ever wants to go to that castle again because of the because <laughs> of the soup song, so they're able to kiss their swans in relative peace. Yeah, apart from the little boy Chip, who gets the hell out of there because he is frankly sick of uh, everyone, and mm. and his abusive mother who spent a lot of her life pouring hot scalding water into his skull. So, 
And he goes on to be the hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> and there's another little hidden Mickey for you. <laughs> Do you think they're going to re- remake that one? Surely. These, it's such a cash cow, right? I mean, the hunchback of Notre Dame. Sounds, that one seems a little problematic. Yeah, well, they'll make it more problematic because they'll make him the gay hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> uh, well. Wow. That, that was a good ending, I thought. Yeah, it was pretty good. I Well, to be honest, I wanted to see who get out of there. I thought you could have done better. Like, mm. like Gaston, obviously, bad guy, but surely there's some good guys out there. That librarian priest seemed nice. He did seem nice. And also, you shouldn't just settle, you know? Just because he's... Date, Just because you know? he was a beast and you helped him out. You're like, you're in your early 20s. Date, date a little bit. Go see the world. Travel. Yeah. Do an OE. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, and that's in an epilogue. It tells you that's what Belle does. She goes traveling. She goes to uh, she goes to feudal Japan. She meets you know, all the people. All the mm. other. And she keeps, uh, she, she's always talking about how her last boyfriend turned gay. Yeah. Uh, and, and she kind of won't shut up about it And it's pretty <laughs> Yeah, it's quite annoying Yeah, yeah She's Everyone's quite like, annoying. You didn't turn him gay Yeah, no It's it's a spectrum You know, he probably always was a bit But he probably always still will have feelings for you Just shut up, Belle Read a bit more Yeah You've only read eight books <laughs> Jack in the <laughs> Jack in the Beanstalk You six-year-old girl You don't know what love is Ah. Uh. Well, I think that's the end. Well, yeah. Well, uh, happily ever after, I'd say. Hmm. Oh, yeah. God, what? what we're going to have to do another one of these while we're in different countries, I think. What do you, what do, what do you, what do you want to see next week, Nick? Uh, mm. Ghost in the Shell? Life? God, there's so many good movies out of the moment. Oh, uh, we have to go see Ghost in the Shell. Uh. Surely. <laughs> uh, only half. Yeah. All right. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please let us know and uh, please consider rating us on iTunes mm. and listen to the other great pod- potties on Little Empire Podcast Network. And uh, if you if you live in uh, Melbourne or Auckland or that's the two cities, uh, why not check out ourselves in one of the currently ongoing or, or future comedy festivals? We have shows there and so do all the acts on the podcast, podcast network. What a time mm. to be alive. It's a great time. Truly a Taylor's oldest time. Something <laughs> and then the rhyme. Bye. Soup, soup, soup. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you're thirsty for another, why not try Boners of the Heart? Basically, on this podcast, we we speak on all things uh, about uh, you know celebrities, uh, people people in the in the in the in the atmosphere in the in the ether that uh, we would like to have sex with, and I mean not sex with, you know what, make love or be in love with or go on a date or kiss for a bit. Yeah, I mean it's not just sex. It's not just sex. As maybe sex but no kissing, or maybe kissing but no sex. Maybe sex but no kissing. Maybe Ooh. only butt stuff. Pretty woman. Yeah. Oh, just butt stuff. Yeah, yeah maybe only stuff. maybe only foot stuff. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.